Okay, so it is, what is it, Wednesday afternoon, I'm on the road, and I just got off uh, a messenger talking to Patrick from We Live on a Planet. Got to hear from him, he's doing really, he's doing well, he's taking care of a lot of personal business things right now, so, you know, he's expressed to me um, that basically, you know, he he wants to record, but he's got to take care of certain things. business matters first and his time is really taken up by that so uh, Patrick we live on a planet definitely good to hear from you I'm glad I got to talk to you today on Instagram so if you are a follower on uh, from Patrick we live on a planet send him a message Uh, let him know you know for all of us those who are listeners to his station uh, send him some encouragement I'm sure he can always appreciate what he, he he makes, he produces, and I'm sure that he'll have a lot of great material when he gets right back out on the uh, the airways. So let's uh, move on to the next subject. We're going to talk a little bit about the 80s and, and uh, what's different today as opposed to what the way it was then. And um, do you ever, if you're one of those who lived through the 80s and 90s, what would you want back? So we're going to talk about that in just a minute here. Okay, so we're going to talk about the 80s and 90s, yeah, probably even the 70s, uh, years of my childhood and adolescent years. Um, I'm 47 years old, and I was just thinking about how things have changed so much, and are they really changed for the better? So some of the things that I remember, in, I mean, I was born in 72, that I remember in the late 70s I definitely remember the 80s and I definitely remember the 90s Um, the 90s I became an adult but um, there were definitely things that I just remember back in those days that were so much more different and people were way different the first thing that I absolutely notice is people in the 80s and 90s were a lot thinner than they are today so what has changed how our food is made how our food is produced um, growth hormones are put in in cattle and, and chickens and things like that. So you're hearing phrases like GMOs and all that stuff, uh, pesticides. Uh, you know, p- cancer is like at an all-time epidemic high, as well as heart disease and diabetes is like one of the leading uh, conditions that's killing uh, modern Americas today. But we're not going to go into that. So uh, what do I remember was different from the 80s? Um, first and foremost, kids played, you know, I think like I was talking to a friend the other day and I was, uh, telling them basically, yeah, my kid's going to be walking home from school on certain days of the week with her best friend, you know, and I'm just like, cool, you know, right on. She only lives two blocks away from school. So why not? And my friend was like telling me, oh, well, aren't you afraid? Like some kidnapper all these these crazy pedophiles cruising schools and I'm like I'm like you're you're like it making it sound like my kids gonna jump in the middle of the ocean and like a great white shark is just gonna come and swallow her up I'm not down for that fear so let's not talk about that and I told my friend you know kind of knock it off but they they still persisted so I kind of had to get forceful I'm like so let me get something straight you're afraid that something's gonna happen to my kid and that someone's going to kidnap my kid because she's walking two blocks away from school to school and home. And I trust my kid has good sound judgment. I trust her that, you know, Bella's going to be walking with friends. You know, essentially, she's going to be... I mean, every time at 2.30 I ever got to pick up my daughter um, from school, I would see... A lot of kids basically walking together like normal kids do back in the day you know I did you know I also remember in the 80s uh, I went to this elementary school called New Haven 
and it was about probably two, three miles away from where I lived. So we took buses, you know, we, we took bus, bus trips, you know, to get to school in the morning. It always take like a half hour, sometimes 45 minutes. We'd have to be at the bus stop by seven, I think it was like seven ten, and then we got to school by eight thirty. So, um, you know, it it just really depends. I mean, the bus driver was like always an older lady, very crabby a lot of times. What was her name? Joni, I think, or Joan. That's right, Joan. And she was like, she reminded me of like someone you I, I met in the military. You know, a drill sergeant. Like, you know, get on the bus, be on time. You know, and we, we used to bus to school, but then there were times where we walk or ride our bike, you know, and that was just like a normal thing. And what I don't see, you know, I mean, parents gave their kids rides to school back then, but none in comparison to today. Like I, I do today, now it's like my kid gets a ride to school most of the time. It's either between me or her mom or maybe even her stepdad at times. But, um, you know, it's always a drop off and it's always chaotic getting in and out of the school grounds. I mean, people are trying, they're like late a lot of times. Like after I drop my kid off, she gets to school about, I'd have to say 7.50, 7.55. But if you just wait five minutes, it's like people are like barreling down. Um, trying to get into the parking lot to drop off their kids and they will park funky and all that. So I just kind of feel like, man, to going a short distance, it could be like a block or two away. And these people are hauling ass into the parking lot. So definitely I notice, you know, um, kids socializing, getting on a school bus is different, you know, from when I was growing up. So what else do I know about the difference between 80, the past, you know, 80s and 90s, and or yeah, 70s, 80s, and 90s to now. The music is tremendously different. Like, I mean, you really had so many different varieties of music, but when it came to lyrics and music in those times, it seemed like songs were longer, um, the lyrics were longer, there there was chorus, choruses, which is repetitive, certain lines but it just seemed like there was more meat to the music back then and you know you had easy going and ballads and metal and rock and pop and uh r&b uh rap you know the beginnings of rap was in the 80s you know th that i remember um and then you had some funk reggae but it, you know what they're saying in music is completely different back then as, as to now. Now it's kind of like, let me write just a couple original lines and then let me repeat a chorus over, over, and over, and over again. So um, <laughs> it's just definitely different, you know? Like, um, it makes me think like all these choruses are repetitive programming in our kids' minds. You know, it's just repeating the same bullshit. And they're not thinking creatively of how to write a song. So with my kids, I play 70s, 80s, and 90s, 50s, 60s, 40s. You know, uh, when it came to listening to mu music, I want them to expose to think creatively that they can still make tunes, you know, instead of just like, here, let me just get my iTunes out. Let me just pop out Spotify and I'll listen to music, so on and so forth. And, uh, you know, and it's it cracks me up because like when you see some of these artists like talk about their song, oh yeah, I totally mean like my song was meant to say this and it's meant to say that and and I just hope people will like it. And then you see award shows like American Music Award Show or MTV uh, Video Awards. It's like the same freaking people year after year for a while, and then they'll add someone new in there once in a while. So it's like the selection of who actually gets their music into these stupid poster child award ceremonies is just kind of like, ah, whatever. You know what I mean? Like, I don't even watch them anymore. And um, and one of the things about music is it, it, it should bind people and not just be like, oh yeah, that was a good song. 
And it's funny what what people will say is old school and what is new school. Old school to me is definitely in the 70s and 80s. You know, 90s and, and 2000s, still pretty recent. But um, it's interesting what kids will call old school. And me and my daughter, well, we were watching uh, videos from the 80s. You know, and she's like, oh, that all looks so basic. You know, and I said, well, back then, videos were a big part of our genre. They, they told stories. You know, love songs told a story visually as well as musically. So um, definitely, you know, a change from um, what happened back then. So what else? Okay, so here's a big one. I remember in the 80s, there was one telephone in the house. That's it. And I didn't really have an answering machine. I mean, to me, back in the 80s, I felt like an answering machine was like, that's expensive. Like, you're really doing well for yourself if you had it. And I also remember the rotary phones. You know, you had to use, there was like these phones that would have these dials and you'd have to, you know, if you you had to press eight, you'd have to go all the way around to clicked over to the start, starting point. And you better hope to God that you did it in right sequence or you're going to be calling somebody that you don't know. And I remember that there weren't as many infomercial calls, you know, like, like these uh, people trying to sell you crap. Um, bill collectors, uh, I guess I, I do remember those, um, being, you know, hearing about my mom and, um, that was something back then. But when you had a phone, it was like, if you didn't have a call waiting, your phone would be busy. You'd hear that, eh, 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 eh. you know, that means that it would be busy nowadays on a cell phone. If one person is calling you while you're online. It just shows the other person calling, you know. And uh, I feel like the invention of the cell phone w- was a good idea in principle, but I don't know. I'm starting to feel like I'd love to just leave my phone at home. You know, I don't necessarily need to have it everywhere I go, and I really like that. And the one thing I always remember about a telephone was that if the power went out, a lot of times the phone was still working. I don't know how that worked. Maybe it was just the energy signal, I guess, from the house, you know? So telephones worked, but sometimes they didn't. If the power went out entirely, then you know, you're just kind of SOL and you waited and when power outages happened, you had candles and all this other stuff. So with that, you know, people communicated They, you know, it's like if your work called, they called, but a lot of times you wouldn't find out who called. I mean, there was no, I mean, like I said, I didn't have any answer machine and I didn't have voicemail. So if your job called for you, you, it's dependent on if someone was home to answer that phone call, whether you found out if they called, you know, caller ID is something pretty recent only in the last 25 years really if you really think about it so um, before there were cell phones there were pagers and to me pagers were like a sign of your wealth you know um, doctors had them lawyers had them and you know it gave people a chance to call a number back but even then you know like I just people were beginning to text and used numbers to send messages, you know, in their in their pager scene. But um, I feel like putting the, having the telephone at home, it just gave you space. It gave you space, and and you know, with the invention of text messages in the late '90s and 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 2000s. Um, it's just like people are conducting conversations through text message when it's just like, fucker, just fucking call. You know, like, just call. Because I, I always felt like text messaging is so impersonal and just one of those things where, yeah, it was like, I'd rather just have 
deal with them, have a five minute conversation and get her over with. So that was something definitely different in the 80s and um, you know, in, in 90s. And I also remember, you know, like what's different about now? I mean, people are so dependent on their cell phones. Like if you, if you literally find someone who has just lost their cell phone, you're gonna see a major freak out nine times out of 10. People are flipping like, oh, my phone is my life. You know, I don't remember phone numbers. And that was something that I remember in the 80s and 90s. You remembered phone numbers. I did, I remember my, I still remember my dad and my grandma's phone number to this day. And I remember my mom's cell phone number and her home phone number still to this day. You know, and um, even my best friend's parents' number, I, I still remember that. So um, memory was a part of your daily life in the 80s um, and 90s and seven, or 70s, 80s and 90s. You remembered numbers and sequence. You know, most people where I came from, I mean, it was a 209 area code, but like it was either 823 or 239. So if you could just remember those first three, the last four was easy, you know, and you call your friends. And um, I remember in the 80s and 90s, they used to charge you to calling long distance. That was like one big deal. Like my mom used to say back in the day, like, oh, don't, if you're calling grandma don't, or your dad, don't call too long because the phone bill is going to be, you know, big. And I'm like, okay, well, how big is it? And I remember back then, like, if you didn't, if your parents didn't want you to call long distance, they'd have it restricted where they'd have to punch in a code or something. And that, that um, you could only call local. So definitely your kids couldn't get in trouble, <coughs> you know, back in the day. And movies were completely different. Um, in the, especially the eighties, um, you began to see sequels and trequels or whatever to a point um, but still there was originality in movies um, like of course I love the Star Wars that's 70s 80s you know and 90s um, I liked back back to the future like I think it was like part one and part three I believe I don't really care for number two but I mean those were great um, you know trequels but then there was some others, you know, um, the Karate Kid and the Karate Kid Part Two. Um, I felt they were good stories, and they made a series called The Cobra Kai um, on YouTube Red. That's the only way you're going to be able to watch it. It was actually a pretty good. I watched the first two seasons. It was a great series, but um, the ending to the second season, um, I really didn't dig too much because. It was still just kind of repetitive teaching the hate and the balance of the general lessons. So, um, you know, it was different, different times. But I, I, I loved The Karate Kid because it was like, uh, I feel like it was a story that we, anyone could really relate to. I mean, I mean, bullying people talk about nowadays are, you know, it's nothing like the way it was then. So... Now, bully comes from the internet, your cell phone, you know, you can't escape it. And back then, bullying was like, you had to deal with it at school or maybe in the neighborhood, but that's about as far as it went. It didn't follow you everywhere you went. So I feel like people had to learn how to stand up for themselves, you know, a lot better than what they do now. And... I feel that, you know, people had more of a sense of responsibility of their actions, you know, and some of the movies back then, a lot were some of my favorite movies in the 80s. I definitely liked Ghostbusters, Karate Kid. Uh, I totally dug this movie called uh, My Science Project, um, or here's another one, uh, The Secret of My Success with Michael J. Fox. I love that movie. You know, very funny uh, to me. Ferris Bueller's Day Off. Um, what else? Indiana Jones. Uh, you really couldn't go wrong with any of the Indiana Jones movies. You know, from Raiders of the Lost Ark 
to the, what is it? The Temple of Doom to uh, Indiana Jones. I think the Last Crusade was made in '89. I could be wrong. But great series of movies. What else? Individual movies. Weird Science. Sixteen Candles. Breakfast Club. You know, yeah, there was the rat. The what do they call it? The I don't say the Rat Pack, but the Breakfast Pack or whatever you want to call it. Um, definitely good movies to watch. Um, City Slickers. Uh, I believe that came out in the 80s. The Terminator. Who can forget that? And then horror movies. I mean, what I dug about horror movies back in the 80s was they were gruesome, but you could definitely tell there was a sense of, of suspense and fear. But not like where it's like now, today, it looks like when you watch horror movies, they it looks like pretty damn realistic. Like they really studied how bodies can be mutilated and how they look and bleed and stuff. So I'm um, not really big on uh, horror flicks, you know, and I don't know. It just seems like now the movies are, it's like, if a movie does really well, are they going to make a sequel or a sequel to it? You know, um, we want more. And what I really dug about the 80s is, is that when a story ended, it just ended. That's just the way it goes. You know, and, and especially being in the Mexican culture, like what I love, well, I used to have to watch like the telenovelas back in the day with my grandma if I was visiting. And with the Mexican soap operas, they run for a season and they end. They don't continue like, you know, like how all my children and all that shit went. You know, my, my grandma used to love watching that stuff too, but, you know, it just seemed like soap opera stars never really truly aged or they died, they came back miraculously and shit. So, but sitcoms were also a big thing in the 80s. Um, Remington Steel, um, the A Team can't forget that um what else i guess you have to say chips love boat fantasy island uh those were you know 80s classics that i dug or airwolf i can't forget that one um dallas for some people love the dramatics alf of course uh what else are some of the other ones Oh, yeah, the melodrama, the police dramas, uh, Hill Street Blues. Now, um, in the ni- late 90s and 2000s, you had the CSI outbreaks and the NCIS. And just not, oh, no, they just copy each other. And you'd see reboots, attempted reboots. I mean, they've t- uh, tried to attempt to reboot, like, from the 60s and early 70s, Hawaii Five O, which... I totally appreciated back then because it was very interesting, like leave you cliffhangers to forget you to pay attention to the next episode. So um, the only thing that I could think of similar that I like to that style is like the Sense of Anarchy series. You know, it went on for I think like five seasons or six seasons, and you had to wait like once a year is when those those episodes would come out with the next season then when the series ended it just ended it wasn't a continuation now they did the uh, another spin-off called the mayans which i've watched the first season and it's it's interesting um different but um you know still that kind of genre where you have to wait you know a year for the season for them to film it whatever um although there are some some sitcoms that i did like you know, presently, like when the Big Bang, um, I love the Big Bang series. I'm not really up with the Sheldon thing, but uh, I, I dug the Big Bang for as many seasons as it appeared. And uh, yeah, I remember also Cheers. Yeah, Cheers was pretty funny. It's kind of above my, at the time, as I was a kid, my comprehension, but there are a lot of funny lines. You know, you, you saw actors act, you know, and. It's not them trying to build, like like I said, a, a sequel or a trequel um, when something is really successful. Like, here's something that's a, a series of movies that I, I don't think I really want to watch too much. Like, The Fast and the Furious, 
I feel after the last movie, I feel that was it. Making any more after that, you're just wasting your freaking time. You know, I always felt that the Fast and the Furious was all about streetcars and a little bit of romance, but you see these beautiful, amazing cars. And and I can't lie, I mean, yeah, sometimes I did watch it for the hot chicks. You know, I definitely appreciated it. So, um, yeah. um, Oh, so getting back to sitcoms, what do I remember? See, I was a kid. I mean, I love this space kind of theme thing. So watching Battlestar Galactica or um, Buck Rogers, can't forget that. That was late 70s, early 80s. Didn't last too long, but I still dug it. Um, what else? There was another good series that I used to love watching in the, in the 80s. Um, trying to remember. Oh, my gosh. Oh, no, we can't forget about the game shows. Okay, so in the 70s and 80s, I definitely remember the gong show. Hilarious variety show. You had different stars every single week. And they grade someone on their performance. They, they, they're doing a new gong show sponsored, I think, by Mike Myers. I could be wrong, but um, I think he's producing that. But it's, it's, not as, it's not like what it used to be. Or Hollywood Squares. I mean, I, I definitely dug seeing the different Hollywood stars, you know, whether it be a musician or actor. And there'd be, there'd be like three panelists kind of like, can you ask, you know seek the the center it could be like Tom Cruise or some shit like that you could answer the question so you know you were trying to get it like kind of like a tic-tac-toe you know just get all yours in a row so um, definitely I, I appreciated that stuff you know and it just seemed like the writing was better then I also remember like in the 90s and 2000s, there was a writer's strike and that really affected Hollywood of how things come out. Um, I feel nowadays writers are retained on the principle of can they make something where people's gonna make people come back to watch a sequel or an addition to the series. So definitely you know oh yeah and let's how we can we forget okay 80s fashion which and leading up into the 90s fashion so when I was a kid like I couldn't afford Air Jordans they were like a hundred bucks maybe more and now I'm seeing the retro Jordans come back for like 200 bucks and it's not like they were stored away for like 20 30 years they just remade them you know, and the different styles of the Jordans. I mean, I was a I was a skater kid, a surfer kid. So what I wore is whatever my mom could buy me. So I was wearing uh, Chuck Taylor Converse. You know, some high tops. Uh, I wore some Vans. I mean, that to me Vans was like the really expensive shoe, even though they're like back then like thirty, forty dollars. You know, checkerboarded or slip-ons or. You know, that was like a sign, like, you were definitely a rebel as a kid. And then, um, I remember uh, the Velcro shoes from Payless Shoe Store. Who could forget those? Um, you know, people were thinking they're being so cool. I don't have to tie my shoes, just Velcro. It's just like, no, if you don't know how to tie your damn shoe, you're just freaking lazy. You know, and I guess that's still kind of continued to even now. Now they do form-fit shoes. So... Yeah, and then there was like this shoe line called the Kangaroo line. I, I don't know if it came from Australia, but it was supposed to be like cool where you could put, they had pockets in your shoes. So I guess you could put like your 50 cents or a dollar piece in your shoe and you wouldn't lose it because it wouldn't, wouldn't worry about falling out of your pocket. So yeah, definitely. Um, Nikes were, back then, were very basic. I mean, you didn't, the Nikes weren't, there weren't too much of them. Reebok hit the scene, then what is it, Brooks, um, New Balance. Oh, who could forget most of the girls, I remember back in the day, they would love to wear their LA gear, which was sponsored by Joe Montana. And like as a guy, you, you didn't wear LA gears, that was a chick shoe. If you wore LA 
LA Gears, it's like, you're just, you're really poor. You know, but for girls, it was a big thing, you know? It was like, but now, now you look at shoes, like, you have to go to, like, wholesalers nowadays to find shoes that, for me, are affordable, because I just don't feel like paying $200 for a pair of shoes, $150 for a pair of shoes. I look at shoes, like, as performance, you know? So when I wear running shoes, yeah, they better feel good, like, as if I'm going running. Um, I don't really buy too many basketball shoes. I'm just not into it, but I still love Vans. Um, I love the 90s style of Vans because they had the, like the plushy uh, tongues. They were comfortable, had more cushion, but they were made out of suede. And the problem with that is like, if you were a skater, you definitely tore that shit up. You know, once you do a flip kick or an ollie, um, the, what is it, the grip tape that would go on skateboards would definitely tear your shoes up. You know, in Airwalks, they were, they just come on the scene in the 80s. They were the supposedly official skater shoe, other than Vans. Um, I remember as a being a skater um, in Vans, you duct tape the toe of your, your shoes. So when you did kickflips and whatever, it wouldn't rip. So there were times when you went skating, yeah, you definitely duct tape the top of your shoe um, to make it last longer. You know, because sometimes your school shoes had to be your skate shoes at the same time. So you had to look how to balance it all out. What else I remember about the 80s? Food was different. Coca-Cola was different. Pepsi was different. Um, sodas were, I don't believe, as harmful as they are now. Um, they are very addicting. So um, those are some of my memories of, of the 80s. So we're going to take a brief little break and um, definitely inviting any callers who would love to talk about the 80s and 90s. You know, what do you remember? Oh, yeah. One more thing. Um, if you're going to talk about the 80s and 90s, be specific about what it was that you really liked and what you didn't like. Um, it's a big deal. So we're going to take a brief little break and we'll be right back. Okay, so we're back. So let's talk about the 80s, 90s, or 70s, 80s, 90s fashion. So I always feel that the fashions now are repeating in some of the recent past fashions. Um, definitely I see um, the hair, whatever, girl's hair um, can repeat some of the definitely fashions of the of the set late 70s you know the Farrah Fawcett look and and you know all that crap you know it was it was interesting because now it's like I, I feel I see women trying to curl their hair and, and blow dry it and do whatever and it's interesting you know how it was and for me in the 80s 70s and 80s um, my haircut was very simple my mom was kind of like, she'd take us to a barber, and um, she'd take us to a barber, and that was it. You'd get a crew cut or a flat top. You know, my mom didn't have like, I think it was like $5 to get a haircut back then. But to us, that was a big deal. You know, otherwise you, you had that combed down hair look, you know, kind of like Shaggy from uh, Scooby-Doo. Um, and that's another thing I'll talk about is uh, cartoons in just a minute. But, um, yeah, uh, wearing the, the prints in the, in the t-shirt, t-shirts were definitely different. Um, I remember like in the early eighties, like if you wore out your, if your t-shirt got wore out too much, you know, the images get, would get washed away. What would be left would be some kind of glittery look. So if like your t-shirt was worn out, uh, it would have all this, this freaking glitter on it. And um, it was definitely something that you noticed, you know, as a kid, like, oh yeah, you need to get a new shirt. Like my friends would always give me shit, you know, cause my mom didn't always have the money to do that. I mean, I'll admit it. Well, sometimes we had to go to the Goodwill or Salvation Army, you know, and um, 
I remember as a kid, like from eight years old, like if I wanted money, I'd go mow lawns. I'd take our, our beat up lawnmower and I'd go around the neighborhood and just ask, hey, for $5, I'll mow your lawn. You know, and back then gas was like 99 cents a gallon. So, you know, you figure if a lawn took me a half hour, I made $4 an hour, you know? So it was definitely interesting back in those days of how it was. So, and what else? Oh, late 70s and early 80s. I love to wear blue jeans, but my for some reason back then, my mom was like stuck on the tip of wearing corduroys. And I couldn't stand that shit, you know? It was just like, they'd always rip so easy. Jeans were easy and fun. Like if you got them dirty, didn't matter how dirty you got them. You'd wash them, they'd come out looking, you know, good. And like, I remember in the 90s, um, like people wanted like stonewashed jeans you know that means like the look where supposedly a stone was washing your jeans and wearing out the solid color you know how when when levi 501s were like dark blue and they were um they were they were dark blue and as over wash time they would lose their darkness and then just go to like a regular washed out jean look and they last you well for me I mean as a kid you my mom would always buy a little bit extra large so if like if we grew we weren't replacing pants like every time you know but the thing was is like our waist size changed and she was like thinking like like the length was gonna do it but um, sometimes she'd buy bigger waist and we'd have to wear a belt but we always used to complain like look I want to uh, you know get I want to wear jeans without having to wear a belt all the time. So, and then even the socks, like the white socks would have like these white stripes. You didn't have ankle socks. You thought like people were wearing ankle socks as a, as a guy. That was like a girl thing to do. Um, they wore ankle socks, you know, and, and, and boys just wear, you know, the, the colored striped socks or sometimes even the, the gym gray, you know. Um, so definitely something to think about you know how things change nowadays you got you know black socks gray socks white socks you know whatever color and guys will wear them like like knee highs and and stuff And and to me back then like if you wore black socks with your shorts that was like something like an old man would do you know, I remember seeing my, some of my neighbors back in the day, old these old guys wearing like these uh, brown like sandals, you know, and then they would wear black socks. You know, like, why the fuck are they doing that? Why don't they just wear shoes, you know? And I just remember thinking that thought back then. And um, what else do I remember about guys' fashion? So jeans were always in. Prints were always in. Um... You know, now I, nowadays you see in the present time that those same logos and those prints are being brought back, like as they're supposed to be retro and cool. And I was like, I just remember wearing that stuff and, you know, getting rid of it. So definitely something to, uh, to think about, you know, if you know what I'm saying. And uh, I always felt like when you wore... Um, your fashionable stuff, like, especially for me as a kid, like, you know, being a skater was a big deal, you know, wearing skate clothes, and skate clothes were always beat up, dingy, and dirty, you know, so, and we're going to take another break, and I'll be right back. Going forward from the from the past till now, so what do I notice? Also, it's different on television um, besides with the sitcoms and the movies and so on and so forth. You know, in the late '70s, we saw the invention of HBO. We saw Showtime, even Cinemax started in the early '80s. VCRs were a big deal, and, and VCRs went on to exist for quite a while. I mean, I think 
I remember I stopped using a VCR in 2003, I believe. Yeah, 2003 is when I really stopped using a VCR and I started using a DVD. And then like in 2010, I believe, you know, 2010, 12, in that, that time frame, I stopped using DVDs pretty much. And um, 2015 is when we started to see things like Netflix, uh, Redbox, um, uh, streaming services, Hulu were coming coming about, and now we're in full-blown um, streaming mode most of the time. We, we don't, what, I think renting a movie back, back in the day was like anywhere from a dollar for old movies to I think it was like three fifty four dollars um, when Blockbuster was in existence or Hollywood Video. And what was interesting is watching Hollywood Video just literally popped up one one year, and then a couple years later, you see all these empty um, buildings that used to have Hollywood Video, and they were just gone. They went bankrupt or they were bought out. I, I forget what the story was. And now you don't see that. I think going to a movie store was kind of like a, 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 a traveling deal with the family. Um, I felt like, you know, when I used to take Bella, you know, as a little one, I'd pay for this unlimited rental of, of you know, old movies and kid movies. For, I think it was like 10 bucks a month. And she'd pick out any kid movie she wants. Sometimes she'd get 10 and she'd watch them all, which was a problem to say the least because I didn't realize what I was doing I was letting a TV babysit my kid so nowadays you know my my one-year-old is watching streaming movies through YouTube like kids stuff like I don't know she's watching Masha and Oso which is a Russian cartoon but actually pretty good damn quality if you ask me um, so we definitely see that in what was going on but i remember when me growing up we didn't have we i mean we had a vcr to record stuff but recording cartoons was like a big no-no in my mom's book like it was like no we can't do that we can't do that you know it's just too much time you're gonna see it repeat over and over and she was right you know but i remember every fall season there would be like this cartoon rollout and it would be like a big giant preview of what new cartoons would be coming out on Saturday mornings. I mean, ABC, NBC, and CBS all had them. And then it was like, a, it was like cartoons were creative in their stories and their dynamics back then. It was like, okay, from 6.30 till about 10 o'clock was the cartoon era. Most kids in my generation, we watched cartoons in the morning. That was just, it. and then after that was like everyone got up did breakfast you went out and played or whatever and did whatever and morning cartoons also ran you know during the week they would start at 6 a.m i remember what was it the great space coaster it wasn't a cartoon but it was a kid's show and then at seven o'clock i believe that from seven to nine was a cartoon another cartoon hour Monday through Friday but most of the time we went to school by eight o'clock so for us me and my family we um we were we had limited access about cartoons because we just didn't have time we had to get ready eat and get out the door to get ready for the bus so looking back now you have the cartoon network you have cable networks and now you can stream whatever cartoon of the past now and my big thing i think the cartoons that i loved the most was scooby-doo tom and jerry woody woodpecker uh heckle and jekyll um captain caveman um, star blazers voltron gi joe that was later um what else and um what else there were some anima animes, but anime in the, my day was very limited. You had to watch anime on VHS. That's the only way you really could watch it. But the regular public television, you get limited. But then there was like the usual stuff, Smurfs and Snorkel, Snorks, and I don't know. So many others. Oh, uh, the, the 
great epic race or something like that. Hanna-Barbera was like a big cartoon producing production company. And the 60s, 70s, and 80s were its heyday. And then towards the 90s, it started phasing out, um, so to speak, in Hanna-Barbera. I don't even know if it still exists. I think it's owned by the Turner, the Turner Group or something like that. And then our Cartoon Network runs that stuff. But, you know, watching cartoons had stories to them. And now it's like live animation. Then we saw in the 90s the birth of the Power Rangers. You live action. And it doesn't... And some of the cartoons I see now, like even if you watch on Liquid Television, it's it's serious adult content. And I see kids watching it. Then you've got Family Guy, America Dad, um, The Tick. Um, Beavis and Butthead were the ones that brought in like obnoxious humor you know on MTV and kids started people didn't pay attention and kids were watching it from an early age but it's excuse me now they have parental advisory on liquid television um, and just some of the cartoons are like I, I feel there's no imagination. I feel it's just too raw for kids nowadays and even adults. I won't even watch it. You know, I don't even watch Family Guy. I really don't. Um, even The Simpsons. There's lots of controversies about The Simpsons, and that's been going on for 30 years, I believe. Yeah, 30 years. How, you know, the birth of The Simpsons. So, um, with that being said, you know, people need to understand that, you know, television does or can make an imprint on, you know, kids' young minds and that definitely the movement of has has changed drastically, um, in my opinion. So we with that understanding, the way we view television from the past till now, I don't feel that that the regular public television, the networks, they're they're now shifting. Like CBS is going to CBS Access. Um, that's their CBS is their own streaming service. Uh, ABC will probably do the same thing because uh, Disney owns ABC basically, and uh, they're already starting to set it up. Like Netflix, I believe, is going to be losing their contract with Disney to be able to like show their Disney movies or any of their material period because um, Disney's going to be starting out their own streaming service pretty quickly here so I definitely see that coming and that's going to change how we watch public television what a lot of people don't realize is you can still watch television without subscribing to a cable network you can get what they call what is it an analog uh antenna that you can still watch cbs without because now like i think i have in my house we have at&t and you have to pay for the cbs uh family of television um channels and networks and shows you have to pay them you know an extra fee and it's like well what the hell you know but still there is a way to watching public television and what's been interesting is I've still I've been turning backwards and turning off my cable and watching free access because it's just like okay well it reminds me kind of like when I was a kid and um, I feel that you know when it's on it's on but there's not too many shows that I really want to watch or if I have time to watch you know for that matter um, I do like streaming my what I watch on television. Um, that's that's first and foremost. Um, I don't like com- I don't like commercials, uh, really at all. I really don't, and um, I I really skew about what I, I allow my kids to watch. Like my eleven my eleven year old is a big fan of Disney you know the disney network and i just don't i don't really dig what they're promoting you know they promote all girls and there's no balance of the male presence on um 
on Disney. So I feel like the message can be really skewed. <coughs> um, in my opinion, uh, the boys' roles are very feminized, and I just there there just needs to be a balance. Period. So that's just my personal opinion. You can watch what you want, but even now, um, I feel that when it comes to watching television, I'm going back to the old school way of thinking is one television in one room. Um, as I'm getting ready to, I'm house hunting. One of the definite things I'm going to be doing in my household is, uh, I'm not going to be allowing television in the bedrooms anymore. Um, I feel like that's a division amongst the household and the family. And we all just have to agree on one thing to watch and it creates a more of a bonding thing um that's one thing i noticed you know from the past to now is how we're separated literally um if we're always going into our own rooms always um, watching things on our own how are we really together and how are we really scrutinizing what programming is being watched and what kind of message is going into our young children's minds so um if you have the time maybe something it might be you might want to look into um check out what's going on watch sit down and watch tv it doesn't i feel like i think i was listening to killjoy and he was talking about devices too and he was talking about in an episode how um he, he, he battles with the attention to devices. And I said to him in a response was, um, maybe just take away and shut down all the devices from a certain time, from dinner time on till bedtime. No one needs to have access to a device. I mean, really think about it. Uh, yes, it's an, an attention getter. Uh, I feel that I've done it too. I've looked at, I'm right now I'm into home decor and gardening. I'm really interested in how to change a home around. I definitely want to make an improvements like with my mom's home. Um, I feel like, you know, it's, it's a place now where we can, you know, Pinterest is so great because it has so many creative ideas and it also it is, it's just like, I think what we do is when we're bored or our blind is sick of paying attention to certain things and we just want to get away in our own space is looking at our phone, looking at our devices, and we just go there. And then when we're tired of that, then we go right back to paying attention to what's going on around us. So that could be an indication of a problem. And one of the things I remember from the 80s and 90s, we really were never that far apart from each other. I mean, we did have to take personal space from each other at times when I was growing up, but at the same time, I feel like we were still together and shutting off the influence on the media or, and what I mean by media is like any kind of television. Um, computers, I didn't really start, I don't, I don't remember really getting into computers ever, though I went to computer classes back when I was in junior high, but my exposure didn't take place to the internet until I think 1998. Uh, my experience with AOL, uh, but even then it was very skewed. I didn't have my own computer. Um, yeah, so it was, it was just different times, you know, and what we watched back then is completely what we watch uh, today. So um, just to keep that in mind. So a lot of, you know, lots of things have changed from now until then. Um, I see now today I see 30 times more political ads and drug commercials than I've ever seen in my whole life. I don't ever recall ever seeing as many advertisements for to vote for this populate this proposition or vote for this person um i feel like it's like we're being corralled and even the news maybe it wasn't that important that back then the news was like 
it was something informative, but now it is agenda-based. Like NBC is agenda-based, Fox News is agenda-based, CBS is agenda-based, um, ABC. The only one that is slightly not and, and is at the same point is like NPR or BBC America, I feel is a little different, but still I see problems in, in how they, what their agenda is trying to focus on. So definitely um, I'm careful about what I watch, but I mean, back then watching television shows was, uh, was a big, was a big deal. You know, you just had, you took time, you know, it was, it was cool to watch those little, you know, sitcoms that made you laugh, you know, and I remember back in the eighties and early nineties, you, you had a fall lineup of what new television shows would be rolling out as well as cartoons. So you'd have a fall rollout of what was to come. So that was kind of like something to look forward to and Another thing that I don't think a lot of us pay attention to anymore because we have online guides for our cable is TV Guide. Every week, I think the dollar or dollar fifty that my mom spent on a TV guide, it was like, as a kid, you were just like reading to look what was on, you know, on what day. And so you would know to a point, you know, but now online programming allows people to see what's on their guide and that is really a difference a game changer but I still miss the TV guide you know I feel that TV guide still could exist to this day um, because it's in advanced um, it was back then it was like a weeks long of programming where uh, nowadays I think what I depend on is when I'm watching if I'm watching cable, like an advertisement for something on Sunday, but if I forget, you know, it's like, okay, you know, um, you just gotta pay attention, but I feel like there still could be a need for TV guide and it's a way to read. And I also remember Reader's Digest. My mom wasn't a big person on Reader's Digest, but, um, as I got into high school and advanced literature, um, I remember reading, uh, having to read articles and stories out of Reader's Digest, short stories. And that was like something that you I learned from later, you know, as a kid, you know, a teenage kid, I learned how to take advantage of the opportunity, you know, and that was just it, you know, it was, it was the way it was, you know, you, you learn to read and search for things. And, and I don't think kids do that now. Um, I feel like they're just reactive like most of us to what is going on in everyday life so yeah we're gonna take a little bit of a break and i'll be right back okay let's uh, time to get up for the wrap up this is going to wrap up this whole episode i've enjoyed making this and thinking back and looking back and what can we learn from the past to the present i feel that in today's society we definitely can learn from what we didn't have before to now and appreciate what we have now with um a greater sense of responsibility I believe that now what we can really do is too much attachment and making to a symbiotic electronic connection can be detrimental to our health. You know, there needs to be shut off time, you know, no more um, input to us and output to the world. It, it, it just so much of the world still is not operating by what is what has happened so um that's definitely something we can do to take personal responsibility and make an impression on our children because a lot of times the manual methods were the probably the best way the what we can do and and what we can learn from the past makes us appreciate what we have you know 
in the present, I appreciate the way that I grew up. I appreciate that I did not grow up in fear as a kid. I went to play with my friends. I played baseball. I did things. Um, I didn't know. I didn't have my. I didn't come from a background where we had a lot of money to spend on CD players, DVD players, or um, video games. I didn't. Ha- I didn't own a, a Nintendo. Um, I didn't get a Super Nintendo until I was a teen. So even then, um, it was just time. So. Um, Playing with these things, there there can be a sense of responsibility. We can um, limit, like I limit, so once in a while I love to play video games. I love to play F1 racing 2015 or 2016. You know, um, I'm not going to lie and say that I haven't appreciated um, the first person shooter at times. And yeah, I've played those obnoxious games, but now my attention as a father has been more in the responsible atmosphere and the killing does not really appeal to me in any shape or form and we definitely can learn from our past mistakes um i'm definitely trying to learn how not to let my one-year-old have too much time at all with little literally looking at my phone or any device because she is growing she's very impressionable she's very curious and I want to encourage her the right way. Well, thanks for listening to another edition of Good Vibes of Jason B. This has been a long episode. I appreciate any comp- comments, call-ins. Um, you can leave a rating on Apple iTunes. I will see it. Um, you can leave uh, an applause on here on Anchor if you're listening on Anchor. Uh, Spotify, I don't know if they really have a rating system, but you can subscribe to me on Spotify and other platforms. Um, I am not hard to find. Um, if you need help, you know, you can email me at goodvibesjasonb at gmail.com and you all have a wonderful day.